Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 114 of the Department of Offense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me, as always, is Carlos. I'm here, yeah. And Matt. Heidi. And Pete's here again, too. How's it going? And then special guest, Phil Giuliano. Hello. Uh, Before we get too far into this, uh, I want to just take a moment and thank our uh, Black Belt patrons, uh, Zach Zablowski and Dale Littlejohn, for helping support this episode. So, good job, guys. And if you want to become a patron, head on over to... uh, patreon.com slash blindersstudios or go to blindersstudios.com and click on the become a patron link at the bottom of the homepage. All right, Carlos, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not too much. My uh, work got, schedule got mixed up and uh, so I had like a one day off and I was back on and uh, I had another day off and so it ended up to get the most of my second day off. I just stayed up for 36 hours. That <laughs> seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's all kind of a blur to me now, but... Well, you, you hopped in on... Uh on Soundwave this week, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. At some point in time, I don't know. I don't even know what day that was. We wanted him to read Serena's uh, uh, songs, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to do that. I want to go eat." Yeah, <laughs> and then he just shows up in the middle of the episode and like, "Hey, how's it going?" Because the beer was down here, and it's like, and then, <laughs> and then like uh, you, you started writing down her uh, Serena's. Yeah, lessons. we That's tricked you. you. Sat down. At you the did table. sit down at the table. So and, like once you, once you started writing the list, I was like, "Oh well, I I know what's coming up next." Yeah, well, you shouldn't have sat down if you didn't want to record. Like, that's the universal sign of, hey, I want to be a part of this. That's a rookie (laughs) mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the problem was we were going to do one of our Patreon recordings, right? That's what we did? Yeah, we we did that afterwards. Yeah, we played played Go Fish. And Crazy Eights. (laughs) And Crazy Eights. And you all played Crazy Eights? Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was like a a Central New York thing. No, we played Crazy Eights. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like Uno with regular cards. Yeah, right? It's crazy. Right. It's for the cheap version of Uno. Yeah. Right. It took me about 30 years to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it just clicked one day, you know? Like, wait a second. Like, wait a this minute. is just Uno. There's just, just no reverses Uno. and skips. <sighs> we should figure out a way to make reverses and skips. Or we could just buy a deck Jokers. of Uno cards. Jokers, yeah. Jokers. Yeah. But then there's only two. Company cards. The, the black one is reverse count. and the red one is skip. <laughs> we can mix the decks. Yeah. Two decks. Whoa. Or we can know. just make right. the number it's like threes. Casino and style, and dude. The number it's like fives casino and... royale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All in. <laughs> we tried to play five card stud on there too. We we, we did one we did one uh, round of it was No, it's it was five card draw. Oh five card draw. Yeah. Well when they're when you're not putting any money in, yeah. Poker becomes way less fun. And poker's a really quiet sure. game to begin with, so Yeah, That's there's sure. I mean Unless unless you like your six beers in and you don't care anymore, you're already uh, losing. What else we played uh the uh you Say, say anything, anything too. Yeah. There were some good answers. Yeah, on so that if one. you guys want to listen to that recording, uh <laughs> everyone who donates at least a dollar to our Patreon gets access to that podcast. Oh wow. And we just recorded another one today, uh on our way to and from uh Matt's, Matt's bar. For to get the uh Juicy Lucy. World famous yeah. Juicy Lucy. Ooh, which are it delicious. Was delicious. It was quite delicious. Even Carlos didn't have anything bad to say about it. <laughs> and Carlos, eh, it was the, a long drive. Right? <laughs> God damn it, well, Carlos. Here we go. The yeah, whole we couldn't t- even go along a, with the bit. It was a long wait for We food. decided to go do this like last week or something. He was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to have a Juicy Lucy. I remember my middle school stuffed burgers. Those were disgusting. Like, that was school middle school, school food. That's cafeteria food. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yes, tater tots and yeah, all in all, he liked the burger. <laughs> Matt, what have you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I was just going to talk about Matt's bar, and it was delicious. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's yeah, you've just been working quiet. a bunch. Yeah, pretty quiet. I missed the dang uh, beer festival that you guys went to. Yeah, well, you, you didn't did. miss out on much. Just a lot of really good beer, uh, a lot of fun. A lot there of was, day drinking. There was free yep. fries at Stone Tap. Yeah, that's cool. Really? There were yeah. hookers and fire trucks. Oh, damn, what? I missed Ooh. the hookers and fire trucks. There were hookers and fire trucks? <laughs> they would have missed it. Where was I? You're in the wrong town. <laughs> No, yeah, I just worked for ten and a half hours ish. <laughs> no big deal. No, no big deal. No big deal. What about you, Pete? Working. Working. I uh, went to L.A. last weekend. My brother. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, you went. To- oh, oh awesome. yeah. How was so, L.A.? It was cool. It was actually um, Agora Hills. Okay. So we flew into Burbank. So it was like. North. Is that like north? Yeah, that's okay. north. Yeah. Recorded or whatever. I don't know if anybody does anymore, but Jay Leno recorded there. Did he? In Burbank. Yep, that's where Conan did too. You might still. I think yeah, I think Conan moved there from New York. It was a whole thing. <laughs> I thought Conan was always Conan's always been in California, hasn't he? No, uh, they were in know. New York for a while when he was with uh, NBC. Oh really? Yeah. Well, he moved from he had uh, two different studios though because he's in one studio and then he switched over to another. So, one I swear, oh, I swear that Jay wasn't the only one in California. Because Dave and uh, Craig Ferguson were both in New York. No, Craig Ferguson was in California, wasn't he? I have no idea. Yeah, I guess where Conan had, like, at least his older show was at in uh, California, somewhere. If you say know. so. If you say so. So Agora Hills. Yeah, it's like the rich, like super rich area. Matthew McConaughey, I think, has a place over Did there. Did he come to the wedding? Did no, you see him driving his Lincoln? Did he drive by his Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> Rolling that booger? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Why am I rolling this booger? Why am I driving this car? Just think. <laughs> Did you see those skits with Jim Carrey? Oh, that was, so was great. They made yeah. me cry. <laughs> so, hey, your, your brother, how was the wedding? It was good. Um, it was at her folks' place. Okay. His wife's folks' place. Super insane place like multi-million dollar like crazy yeah are they like in the business or what do they well, he's he's a <laughs> is that what, that's what it's called right in the business well it's a, it's a korean family and he's a lawyer he's like okay one of the biggest lawyers for korean people on the west coast so he oh, keeps wow. i didn't realize i had their own lawyers so he keeps yeah, apparently. out of uh, jail then for apparently the business yeah, for the good, business a good guy to know <laughs> Korean <laughs> doesn't doesn't represent white people. Nope. Just Korean. Just yeah. Koreans. <laughs> <He's> exclu- <laughs> yep. I have an exclusive client. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did a lot of. Uh, I guess alcohol related things this week. Uh, there was a business journal uh, panel. Uh, of Minnesota distillers, and they were talking about uh, how craft distilling is the next big thing in Minnesota, which I could definitely see. There's a lot of crossover from, uh, you know, craft beer people and craft distilling people. Mostly the word craft. Well, craft is a seller. It is. It is. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, we, we talked a little That's bit true. about this when 45th Parallel was on. Yep. Uh, but they brought it up again where. Uh, because of how the laws are set up, you can be a craft distiller and never distill a drop of alcohol. You can just buy it from like somebody else and slap your own label on it and sell it as your your bourbon or your. Hmm. Do they bring that up at the 
They did, yeah. Uh, so far, uh, to their knowledge, of the 20 or so craft distillers in Minnesota, not a single one is doing that. So they're all well, actually making their own spirits. That's, yep, That's nice. Which is very cool. Because I remember when we interviewed uh, Ben Brew, though, he brought up a couple of places that did that. Did he? I, in Minnesota? Or just in uh, I, I don't think he brought up. I didn't think he said any in he, Minnesota. He didn't, I don't think he mentioned any place by name. Yeah, yeah. yeah he didn't 45th also say that they do some bigger name companies, too, over there? Uh, well, they they do. Uh, he wouldn't say who, but I'm, no. I'm pretty sure he said they do some. Well, like Moscow on the Hill, they do all the all the vodkas and stuff for them, and then Moscow on the Hill rebrands them. But they're not a distillery; <laughs> they're a restaurant. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of. I mean, even craft brewers or even major brewers, where they'll subcontract. I mean, it's, yep. just, it's all yep. a part of the yep. business plan. You know, they'll uh, they'll make their own, but then for extra cash or whatever, they'll subcontract and brew other people's stuff. And if, I mean, if you have the the fermenter space, why not? Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. if, especially in, in Minnetonka, they have Lucid. Well, this is going back to beer, not spirits. But, yep. But Lucid and Badger Hill, and there's one more. They all share the same same space, facility, and they just rotate through the same vats, and they just maximize the space for three breweries. Okay. And mm. it's, we crashed a party there once. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that story. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty. Uh, Ingenious plan, yeah, business. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like you can, you know, help don't have to help buy the, all help the, the upstarts, right? Too, you just yeah. share the equipment. So it's a total co-op system, mm-hmm. and everybody benefits. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's brilliant. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, so yeah, I did that. Uh, rye, uh, rye whiskeys are going to be a really big thing in Minnesota. Uh, one of the like the biggest rye supplier in the country was there talking about Minnesota rye and all the cool mm. stuff that people are doing with it now. Uh, I tried an all rye vodka that had like vanilla notes to it, and they hadn't added anything to it. It was really cool. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. It was very good. That was from uh, Far North Distillery, which is way up like ten miles from Canada. Hmm. Oh, so they are far north. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only distillery I've been to is the Vicar or Viker. Uh, Duluth. Duluth. Yep. Yeah, yeah that yeah. guy was there too. And they do, yeah, they do gins and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, they do the sampler and they have like the juniper gin and the spruce tip gin, and it's like, wow, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when you making the bourbons? And I was like, oh, well, he, he said, he, said he, had, uh, he had, he had. They had put some stuff in barrels now, mm-hmm. so now it's just a time. It's a, it's a waiting game. Yeah, just got to well. It's like three to five years or something yeah. on a bourbon to be Ooh. considered bon- bourbon. To be bonded as bourbon, it's got to be three years. Yep, and to be official bourbon, it's got to be brewed in Kentucky. So it's <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna say. Whether this is, this is Minnesota kind of bourbon, Minnesota bourbon. <laughs> I'm saying with uh, the uh, accent of uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Bent's. Oh, is it the IPA ski? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> snowbin, bourbon, and snowy. Snowbin. I would try the trying to say bourbon with the accent, but I, it would be end up badly. Carlos, why you were doing so many good accents oh, on the oh, on the way to Minneapolis today? No, I was destroying every accent. <laughs> There's a difference. He tried to do an Australian outside; it didn't work. It too was well. bad. It was so and bad. The first thing that came to his mind was Outback Steakhouse, so he tried to do some Outback Steakhouse kind of <laughs> it sales. <was> bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nope, that's not working. You'll get there. Try singing it. Try singing it like the Flight of the Concourse. Bowie. <laughs> 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 Do you wear jumpers in space, by the way? 
And then uh, the other the other alcohol related thing was yesterday was Cave Fest, which we talked about a bit. Um, bunch of breweries, a lot of good, just a ridiculous amount of good beer. Though again, I I think it was smaller this year, yep, like less, more people, the, but fewer breweries. Yep, less breweries. Yep, like the caves. I think there was six or seven tables total. Yeah, actually, it's like jam packed in there. Yeah, they normally mm-hmm. have them lined up ever, all along the wall. Yeah, no, it was like Pitchfork, uh, Big Wood, uh, Dogfish Head, and a couple of other ones in the caves, and that was That's that was it. Kind of sad. I'm trying to remember, but there was so much beer. Yeah. I was going to say, do you guys, when you go to Brewfest, like I've been to a, a bunch, mm-hmm. and you know, you go to the first one, and you're like, whatever, it's like all hell's breaks loose, and you just completely sideways. Now, do y'all have a game plan when you go? Yeah, like, uh, I drink. And eat <laughs> yeah. beforehand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get a good base in beforehand. So mm-hmm. we stopped at we stopped at Stone Tap, and everyone got an order of fries for free because you know if you were a ticket holder, you got a free and the fries, you know, nice big thing. And nice. I got uh, buffalo bacon and blue cheese fries, which were amazing. Did, <laughs> and, it, did it come with the the nine one one hotline with it? <laughs> here's your fries, and here's the nine one one emergency handle. <laughs> right. I didn't even know they had something like that. Oh, they were so good. God. Uh, Doesn't Stillwater have a big beer festival? They have they have the uh the barbecue and beer. Is that what thing it is? On it's right boat. next to the water? Yeah. yeah. I haven't been to that one yet. I really want to go because I love both of those mm-hmm. things. Do they have them on the big paddle boats? Like the yeah. river boat? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The Grand Douche. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's like the Grand Duchess or something. Like Grand. <laughs> we called it the Grand Douche for like nine years, I think. So it's, just, it's a normal thing now. <laughs> but yeah, no, so we, we did that. Had a couple of uh, session uh, IPAs because, Ooh. you know, you can't, you can't drink heavily before you go. But you have to no have way. Yeah, no way. <laughs> you got to get primed. And then uh, we walk in, and the first beer that we tried was a 13% Jesus. imperial <laughs> stout of some sort. Was that the Didn't Surly? you say they were all really no, heavy? No. There were a lot of big beers there this there year. Were, there were a lot of sours, too. Yeah, there were. I had a lot of sours and a mm-hmm. lot of big beers. Did you try the uh, barley one from Pitchfork? No. That's the only one that I didn't try that I went there to try. I didn't do it. Really? I had a full glass. We were just Fail. passing through. I was like, ah, I'm already really drunk. It <laughs> <laughs> means I have to suck this one down and then have another one. Yeah. <laughs> so Wait. how many breweries overall were at the fest? Um, the brewers themselves, not a whole lot. I think there were maybe five or ten brewers, actual mm-hmm. brewers there. Uh, but then the distributors had, I had, I bet there were just 50 yeah. yep. different Close breweries. Three, yep. Yeah. So you still got the tried you had tons yeah, you, of oh, a yeah. lot of variety yeah. yeah um and a few one-offs like that they only did for that festival and mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah no, it was good yeah there's supposed to be like a special release at like 2 30 or something for a lot of them yep i hit we, i hit a I few didn't of those have any of them <laughs> i i hit uh they had, worldwide stout. <laughs> Where was I? They, they had they had 2014 worldwide stout at the dogfish had one uh they had oh god so Big Wood had a couple of them that they were pouring. I think, mm, yeah, I think it was uh, one, their Pilsner was their special release. Ooh, how's okay. their Pilsner? Their Pilsner was very good. Really? Yeah, mm, I would like to try that. It was it was awesome. And I love Big Wood. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think those were the two that I had. But speaking of beer, we have some beer in front of us that we should probably good segue, Casey. Drink. <laughs> uh, so the, so that was professional. Got to point those. Out. And now let's point out the segue so it becomes more. <laughs> Come on, it's an ongoing joke, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're actually trying two beers because we couldn't resist buying another beer on our... Oh, and we are trying and the third one because that was disgusting. 
There you go. Yeah, uh, we oh. we picked up. What was what was that beer that you? Uh, it was called like Octo something. I don't know. It was a beer in that was aged in like a tequila barrels type thing. Only it Ooh. tasted like a Miller Lite with a hint of tequila on it. Yeah, that's how they made it. You just gave away their secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, it felt like you should be ta- drinking like one of those limerita type things, but uh. it had no sweetness to it. Oh. It would made me want to puke, so I just dumped it out. <laughs> and we have another five. <laughs> <laughs> well, being in was no wait, New Holland is that is that Wisconsin or Michigan? Uh, that's Michigan. Michigan. Yep. If you tried, the, they have the the bourbon barrel, the bourbon barrel uh, dragon's milk. The, yeah. The well, yeah, it's the beer in bourbon. No bourbon. No, it's the bourbon that's in beer barrels. Oh. So it's um, yeah, because they have the the dragon milk stout, but then they put the dragon milk or they. They they um they casked their bourbon in the milk stout barrels, so it's a bourbon milk. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah, I think I think Rogue but, um, does something similar with their but with their a, dead guy yeah, bourbon. It's a it's a I bourbon that's it's conditioned in in the beer barrels. Okay, beer barrel bourbon. Actually. That's, that's that seems it. that beer seems reverse. Bourbon. Yeah, usually you do the beer in the bourbon barrel, but um. Yeah, it's very tasty. It's got they 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 consider it a, a biscuity has biscuity notes. Yeah, but um, it's tasty and it's expensive. Jesus, <laughs> they usually are. Damn, craft craft equals expensive. I guess <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, so the uh, the the first beer that we're trying is uh, was it uh, Bauhaus Brew Labs? It's their Star Grazer. Uh, it's a Schwartz dead. beer at five uh, percent ABV. Uh, they're from Minnesota. Uh, Phil, you said you've been up there. Yeah, I'm originally from Central New York. I uh, I'm from a little town called Frankfurt, which is about thirty minutes north of Cooperstown, where this is brewed. So oh, I, that's I, the Oma Gang. Wrong I, beer, Phil. Oh, <laughs> well, I was distracted by the pretty bottle. Right. Man. I mean, oh yeah, though the second the second bottle is the uh, the Game of Thrones oh. Three Eyed Raven, which took us Oma quite Gang. a while to find. And yeah, then I randomly was it. like, "Hey, let's go to Chicones and we can find it." Yeah, yeah, it was right there. Yeah, they so, have a lot. <laughs> Chicones. Jeez. Okay, so let's let's go back to the question. All right, yes, Bauhaus. Bauhaus. Um, yeah, I've actually been there several times. And um, I have to say, it's one of my one of my new favorites. It's it's large. It's open. They converted this warehouse space into this really nice, clean, like freshly painted brewery, and it's it, it's it's fun. I mean, it's open. It's, they have a patio that opens out into the back under this big pavilion, right next to the train tracks. It's um, they have really good beers. Okay, I think they have this really. Their branding is like crisp and clean, and it's just it's just a really. A really pleasant setting. I mean, I would suggest anybody go there. The only problem I have with them so far is I couldn't figure out how to say their brewery name <laughs> from their stupid label until I looked at it, and now it makes sense. The more I look at it, the I more think sense it's it makes. I'm used to doing New York Times crossword puzzles, and they do shit like this all the time. <laughs> Boys, wicked smack. It's ready to go. Like I don't know when I look at like it says Bauhaus, I guess, but I want to say it says uh, Bauhaus Boohoos. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can look at that. <laughs> I'd like to think that there's that's no that's about. actually how I typed it into Google when I was trying to figure <laughs> out what the brewery name was. So what I, I would like to say that there, maybe there's no wrong way to read it. So what, can you can you tell us what a uh, Schwartz Schwartz beer is? Uh, it's it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah. I, I was expecting this to be like a, a stout or something we were drinking when this came out. Yeah, no. Uh, no so Schwartz beer really is supposed to be green. light. Uh, you have a little bit of that chocolate roast uh, character. But yeah, light, clean. 
This Easy is delicious. Carlos? I, I do enjoy this a lot. Right. I, I was yeah, I was expecting it to be darker than uh, it ended up being. This, is, this really is. Really yeah, the tasty. coloring on the can totally throws you off. <laughs> well, well, I, well, it kind of makes it, oh, it's going to be a little light and then you pour it. Oh, it's going to be dark. Oh, it's, it tastes light. It's, it's light. somewhere <laughs> in between. <laughs> up and down and up and down. <laughs> Matt? I like it a lot. Pete? I like it too. It's uh, it's easy to chug because I pulled, <laughs> I, I poured like a full glass. So I was like, oh, oh, I, I oh shit, the other one's coming around. I better drink it, <laughs> and it went down really good. <laughs> Phil, oh, I think it's fantastic. It's definitely got a nice light, light body or light palette, and uh, belies. Yeah, the dark, no, it's the a, darkness belies the, yeah, how light it yep. is. Mm-hmm. You, you think it's gonna be this big, thick? Yeah. And yeah, no, it's really easy drinking. I I definitely I I love it. Uh, I was a little wary at first because I couldn't figure out how to say their brewery name, but I'm a fan. <laughs> ah, since for when sure you have fan. to say the beer. <laughs> Just point. I want that one. I want that one. Yeah. Well, it's cool that it's in a can too. Because yeah, I I really like that more breweries are putting stuff in a can mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because you can bring them more places. Yeah. Yep. You can bring it to the beach, tubing, what have you. And I believe it's actually better. I think yeah. to preserve yeah less less oxygen yes, can it keeps get in longer you don't get the yeah the, the sunlight oxygen especially for hoppy beers they they tend to last a little bit longer uh, Carlos out of ten oh of uh I give it a nine actually nine I would too I give it eight and a half pretty Mr. good Mr Naysayer <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say nine it's a solid nine it's a uh, very tasty. They have the gimmick going for it where it confuses you to shit. So, uh, <laughs> and it's really good. So, uh, I don't give that's it. I'm giving it in a nine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go in the nine. Uh, BA gave it an 86, so we're right in that, all right, right all in right. that range. Mm. All right, so the second beer, because why not have two, is Three-Eyed Raven from Omegong. It's their uh, Game of Thrones beer for this year. We've had, uh, we've had a few of them. Uh, in the past, and they've all been pretty solid. Uh, this one is a Saison uh, Farmhouse Ale. comes in at 7.2%. And Ooh. Phil uh, has a story about Omegung because he used to live up there, I'm sure. I already, if you were listening earlier, you missed it. That's what happens when I'm not paying attention. Right. Uh, all right. Oh, and there's a fun little story that goes along with this, so I'll read that while everyone's tasting it. Uh, push through the thick brambles and present yourself to the Three-Eyed Raven. Abiding in the shadows of the Three-Eyed Raven lies the deceptive Dark Saison, the Ominous Three-Eyed Raven inspired us to brew a Dark Saison Ale, a hybrid style open to brewers' imagination. In the end, it is neither a pure Saison nor your typical dark beer, but instead a delectable blend that both deceives and thrills the sentence. Senses. Words are hard, guys. Did you, do you have all the bottles on our wall over there? Uh, the all of them that we tried, yeah. So I think there's two... There's four th- of them out altogether. Uh, maybe they're not all up there. I don't... Well, no, I count two... Every time I look at that shelf, I think it's I just think there's. I, I'm really afraid that the bottle's gonna or that. Do shelf you have the? Couple I more. think the only one that you don't have is the one that's at Divine right now. The oh, the the Valar Morgus. Yeah, I don't think I have that okay. one. I should pick that one up. We'll try that next week. But no, yeah, I was really excited to find this one. I'm not saying I like the beer a whole lot, but Carlos, <laughs> it's definitely a dark saison, I guess. And but other than that, I really. It's hard for me to come up with an opinion about this one for some reason. That's uh, um, I just don't know. Like, Actually, it's not I, bad. I, I, it's I not think bad. I think we've had this complaint it's, about uh, the last one as well. Like it's it's definitely not bad. But see, I was gonna give it a seven for the gimmickiness. Just because <laughs> <laughs> advertising works on him really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Look, at, we bought the Omegon Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is the shit. Suck right. It. Yep. Like, uh, <laughs> 
Black. Like I suppose I'm not like familiar enough. I don't drink enough saisons and uh, dark. Uh, what was it? The other one, dark ale. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a dark saison, yeah. so I, I'm yeah. guessing they're trying to go for like that dark. Belgian. So I guess I don't dr- drink enough of those to like be able to give it like a good comparison between that and. But that's uh, just nothing really. I don't know. I haven't really had a lot of omagangs I really like. I like the Hennepin, the their their farmhouse saison, like they're just standard saison. Yeah, I really like what was the beer. one we had on Bruzic? <laughs> It was the wit, wasn't it? Yeah, we had their wit beer. That was a. Uh, mm. yeah, I think it was an old bottle, though. Oh, too. Okay. I do have what to do say, though, beat? this is better than their last uh, one, though, okay. for sure. Yeah, it definitely tastes like a saison. I'm not a huge saison fan, but I taste. It, they always remind me of Belgians, yeah. all the time. You definitely pick up the yeah. Belgian yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Phil. Um. Actually, the the the. More sips I take, the better it is. Like the first sip I took, I was like, eh, you know, it's kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. Not, not too into it. But the second sip was like, hey, that's not too bad. And that third sip is actually pretty tasty. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to buy it. Maybe for the pretty bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. obsessed with the bottle. <laughs> but, the bottle's gorgeous. So that's uh, so. around the table. Obsessed with the bottle, right? There. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> bottle's better than. And the that beer. art is freaking amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the tree or it's whatever. It's dark and brooding. I'm so. And, and that's actually one of the things I'm most excited to find out about Game of Thrones because I've never read the books, so I'm really excited. To find well, out and that. he hasn't like they haven't touched on that storyline yeah, yet this it, year. It just ended it with the last season showing yeah. that. So I do agree that like each sip does seem to make it. It does. Yeah. The first sip I took. It tasted really muddled. That could also be because we went from the freshness of this Bauhaus to just this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two completely different beers. Yeah. But the same color. They may look alike. (laughs) Yeah, but they're 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 night and day different. They're different animals, yeah. So, Carlos, out of 10? So, I'm going to have to do something weird with my score. I'm going to say it's somewhere. It's going to be between a 6.5 and a 7.8. Okay, Carlos, uh, you need to choose one. That should say six. Like there's, no, there's no sliding scales. <laughs> so you're saying this is a seven? It is greater than six and a half, less than seven point eight. So, so it's a seven, 7. point one, possibly. That's if you take the average. Yes. Okay, we're gonna take the average. Don't take the average. We're gonna say you gave it a seven. Damn right. math people. <laughs> That's exactly what I give it to. Seven. Six point nine. You just gotta be different. It's no, it's because. I don't know. The the bottle brought it up for me. Yeah. The bottle and the whole Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, how they got the awesome. rights to do all that, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. I think it's a solid 7. I may even go 7.5. Fourth sip is the one that pushes you over. Take fourth sip. You, you'll change your mind. I have some more if you want to take another <laughs> sip. I took one small one, another small one, and then a really yeah. big one. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, and it's, that's why you missed out on all it's those not beers bad at, at all. The beer it's fest. just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had the Good same point. problem. My glass would. Well, and these glass, like this is the glass from this year, and it's a lot bigger. That's than a big. It is. Glass. And some of them were filling it up to the top, some Holy of them were shit. doing. And so I'm just like just downing beer because I want to try the next one. And then all of a sudden, I can't see straight. <laughs> all of a sudden. Talk to me. sudden I'm yeah. trying to fall up into the sky. I don't remember what year it was. But were you with when I almost got stabbed in the gut by Casey's glass? Oh, was I was so pocket. mad. You broke my glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was wearing a winter jacket and put him put my glass and his glass in there because he didn't have any pockets or anything. So I decided to jump. We were waiting for somebody to pick us up. We were waiting up. for Sketch. We were waiting for Sketch yeah. to pick <laughs> us up. And I decided to jump up on, uh, uh, what are they called? The electric Yeah, you were, you, you were like, I want to sit on top of this. I'm like, so okay. I went to go so I jumped up. I couldn't make it the first time, and then just smash. <laughs> and then 
Later on, I reach into my pocket, and there's just broken, broken glass, glass in my pocket. I'm like, oh, that would have been great to get stabbed by that. <laughs> it would have served you right for breaking my glass. And I was yeah. shit-faced, so my blood's going to be thin, so I would just bled out <laughs> right there. Out yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we would have slapped something on it and had another beer. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, give me a beer label. Staunch the bleed in. Hey, <laughs> get the beer label. Hey, Matt, you have your lighter? Hold still. We're going <laughs> to cauterize it. <laughs> <laughs> the night burnt flesh. It's okay. The night it might hurt. Over. Drink another beer. That's right. All right. So I will give the beer. Um, the bottle gets a ten. The beer gets a six. So I guess, I guess I'll up it to a seven. But the packaging is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. For sure, all these Game of Thrones bottles are nice. Looking. They're all they're all just beautiful. Yeah. Bottles. When you pop it with that cork, it oh, goes uh-huh. boop. Yeah, that's a nice gimmick too. That old school, like when you go to the brewery. When, well, when I went, this was before they got bought out by Duvel. Which Did they? Duvel. Okay. So and they were like a standalone brewery, and you walk in, it's like an old farmhouse, and the, the foyer it was like this big, like fireplace with wooden benches and kind of plaster painted walls. It's really pretty, and you go in, and it was a tiny brewery, and. um Man, then they come out and everything's you know corked and with the twist wires and all that, and it you got to give it to them for the packaging because mm-hmm. that that in itself and the shape really, of the really, bottle too, it's yeah. different. Everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's really nicely presented. Mm-hmm. Now they have a, like a tap room and a restaurant. <laughs> That's enough. And now the Department of Affairs presents news with Case. That's me. <laughs> you every time. Yeah, I know. It wasn't last time. One of these times it won't be. And, you know, it has, it's, it's been Carlos a few yeah, times. Yeah, he turned he, it down. He, he's he like, turned it down Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't last week, though. No, you didn't. Because you were here. Because I was just... here. All right. Uh, a burglar in uh, Petaluma, California, got a little too comfy while he was burglaring a home last Thursday. Apparently, the homeowner came home and found the man sleeping on the sofa with a freshly made batch of tater tots. Uh, the woman let the burglar sleep while she called the police. When the police arrived, they woke up the man who then resisted arrest and was tased twice. Uh, police say the man wasn't injured, so I don't think they're tasing right in California, guys. Hmm. Or he was just really high. I don't know. <laughs> From don't little knowledge me, I have from video games, tasers will make people light on fire. Yeah, <laughs> only if you hold it down long enough. <laughs> Damn softies in California. <laughs> right. Uh, self-proclaimed Floridian American, uh, Tama Jada the hell Clark. What that? I don't know. Filed an expletive-laced legal brief lambasting U.S. District Judge Willis B. Hunt for dismissing her civil rights lawsuit. The case was dismissed because uh, Tama's co-plaintiff, her husband Jason, didn't sign the complaint. Uh, some of the gems in this uh, include, firstly, Jason is my husband, as I have stated, you asshole. And my son is no longer an infant. Don't you ever again in your motherfucking life attempt to disrespect me, my family, or our status again. Keep our names out of your unworthy mouth, you old impotent geezer. Now, I, I read some of this, uh, this what, she, what she wrote, because I don't know why she was defending herself, but she was. <laughs> it's, for, it's a good read. Like, yeah, what, what I read, it was, I, it was entertaining. I, I, I pulled another one here because I couldn't resist. Well, just in case you haven't noticed, I couldn't give two fucks about you. You or what you have to say. Fuck you, old man. You're a joke. Your court's a joke, and you take it up the ass, and you suck nuts. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, so <laughs> too far, too far. That was a good use of uh of her of her just spending ten pages just doing that. Oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. I love it. You if you have it if you have a little bit of time to kill, I recommend just 
Googling for it and finding it and reading it through. <laughs> I think that more all lawyers just switch to that method. <laughs> <laughs> it would make legal briefs so much more entertaining to read. Okay. <laughs> it's like the script of The Sopranos or something. <laughs> and I love how she threw like an LOL in there. Like, I just need to make sure that he knows that I'm kind of joking at this point, but I'm really angry. Was this like a, a handwritten document? No, it was no, typed, it was like, up typed up okay. I, on like legal paper and I think it had like even like the <laughs> correct like like a indentation or something. Oh yeah, no, it was it was all It was the words. It was the words that did not match the uh <laughs> the setup. The, yep. the grammatical setup. Uh Michigan woman uh Shanika Torres has been sentenced to three years in prison after she opened fire at two McDonald's employees oh, after they failed to put bacon on her burger <laughs> twice. I mean I, I feel like this is justified. That's two times. Like she went through the drive thru and they forgot to put bacon on her burger. Yeah. Right, so she came back. They offered her a free meal, and she's like, "Okay, now remake it with bacon on it." She got the burger again, no bacon. Now the shooting starts. Like, Fire she, a couple shots. Did she, did she uh, hit him or? No, it was. They were like warning shots over the their bow. bow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you see, I don't. I don't think she. Uh, she did quick enough. She should have done the warning shots after the first mistake, so they knew that she was serious. Serious, yeah. yeah. Well, she does say that she's sorry. Even though nobody was hurt. Sorry she didn't hit anybody? Or I what? don't know. It just, the article just said that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the, the fisherman that got stabbed to death? What? On no. St. Croix River? That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you bringing this up during the entertaining news uh, segment? <laughs> I just thought of it. This could get, get funny. I heard man. about it. Going, it's it's not funny. Man. You know, last too close. It was basically uh, this this guy was fishing on the St. Croix, and a bunch of people that were, I don't know, they in their out late stabbing? 20s, in their late 20s or something, were hanging out on a dock on the St. St. Croix River, and uh, they were partying and stuff, and the guy was just trying to fish. The guy's like, hey, can you guys quiet down over there? I don't want to hear all this ruckus. And they decided to swim out to the boat and stab him to death. Okay, well, first of all, he was in a boat. He That's should have turned the boat on and left. I know. Hilarious news. That's victim really. blaming case. No. <laughs> However, I heard about that today, and no. I was like, what? Now, you could think that he might do that, but what if he had a fish on the line? That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. They you could know, have waited. Bets are off now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the you gotta, I mean, you have to reel that fish in Stabbers first. are still alive at large, but they know the dog's name is Gunner. Where there was a dog? Yeah, there was a dog there, too. With the stabbers or with the with fishermen? The stabbers. <sighs> I feel bad for that dog. I know. His terrible owners. Yeah, his <laughs> terrible owners will go to prison. The dog will be all left alone. Hmm. Well, well. Uh, on a... Uh, <laughs> that would be, that would well. be local news, actually. Uh, Ukrainian singer uh, Christina Caro has filed a small claim suit in Los Angeles against Mila Kunis for $5,000. <laughs> oh, no. The reason behind the suit? Christina is claiming that when they were children, Kunis stole, stole her uh, beloved pet chicken, Doggy. Doggy was apparently a very unique chicken that would play fetch, respond to his name, and basically do all the things that a dog would do. Then one day, Doggy went missing, and Kara just knows that it was Mila Kunis who took the <laughs> chicken. Wow. Uh, Kunis has responded by saying that she is a chicken advocate and would never steal someone else's chicken. <laughs> a chicken advocate? That's, uh, that's funny, actually. She would probably get that chicken in Uber. At a discount, because, you know, they own Uber. <laughs> Set the taxi service? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's almost as good as if she had uh, said uh, that. She, she just go like straight face to the mic. There is no chicken anymore. I ate it. I ate it. You hear me? It was delicious. That is not somebody <laughs> trying to get money. Not at all. No, not uh, at nope. all. Well, and... Uh, that is dead serious. There's, there's, there's some dubious claims because uh, apparently Caro has lied about her age. 
and they wouldn't have been children at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Think it through, people. Think it through before you put this out there in the world. <laughs> but it was such a good plan. Oh, my God. Uh, Arkansas truck driver Larry Bowen was sentenced to six years of probation after his load of $50,000 worth of lunch meat went missing on his watch. Uh, Bowen was supposed to be bringing the meat to Florida when he disappeared for three days. The company then accessed the GPS on the truck to find Bowen and located him at a service station in Memphis. When police arrived, he was eating a lunch meat sandwich, and the refrigerated (laughs) trailer was nowhere to be found. Bowen then confessed that he had inadvertently traded the trailer to two men for some crack cocaine. (laughs) It it had well. It was an accident. I don't... (laughs) How did that happen? Uh, It's unclear how much crack he got for the meat. <laughs> wow! Enough for the night. No, I I, I thought that I was training them a hand job, but it turned out I was trail- just uh, training them to trailer instead. Yeah, the trailer. There was something about meat, and it just gets a little hazy from there. <laughs> but at least he got a little bit for himself. Yeah, before he right. gave it all away. Right. You know. Enough for a sandwich, at least. Yep. <laughs> Uh, PepsiCo North America has announced that it's changing the recipe for Diet Pepsi and ditching the aspartame. Uh, the new aspartame-free Diet Pepsi will be sweetened with uh, sucralose and Ace-K, whatever that is. That's totally better than aspartame, right? This sounds sure. like drugs to me. <laughs> right? That's something uh, to pick up on the street, right? <laughs> the new formula has been in development for two years, and when they release it in August, they're hoping to put pressure on their arc rival, uh, Coke. This is a bold move for Pepsi because no one has ever changed their recipe and then thrown in new on their can before. Oh, wait. Hang on. Did yeah. new Coke do that? But that worked out really well for him, right? Yes. History new, shows. Yeah. History shows that putting new on your can sells things. It sells a lot of old Coke. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the American public loves that word new. It's just not the same. <laughs> I could taste it. We love change. Yeah. <laughs> We're for I, uh, We're I sold, uh, before I worked at Quiznos and stuff, I worked for my uncle at Coke. And it was right when Coke Zero came out, and I was doing free samples at uh, uh, Coney Market. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was the most bullshit job I've ever heard of <laughs> my entire life. Like, the people's, like, ideas towards what Coke and everything tastes like and how much, oh, I prefer Pepsi. I can't do this stuff. Like, then don't fucking drink it. Just what the hell? <laughs> like, don't give me your life story about why you love Pepsi more than Coke. Just walk by me. Like, I heard everything under the sun about But why. you're the face of but Coke But they take a sip moment. first, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to have the But then, yeah, beverage. they'd all take a sip and they'd be like, oh, that's actually that's actually pretty good. But how, were, how old were you at that? Uh, 17, 16, 17. Oh, if you're like a little younger, I'd say you should have just given him puppy dog eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not maybe like tear, the maybe tear up a little bit. But yeah, I had a whole description of why it's this and why it's that. Do you remember it? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get a Coke sponsored. They'd like ask me all these fucking stupid ass questions. I just recite my thing I learned to them. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to the script. Refer to the script. Basically. Uh, I didn't realize you worked at uh, the bottling plant here in town. Uh, I didn't really work there. I like stocked places around. Uh, oh, okay. Should, and if it was a minor job stuff. like that, you should have just been lying to them constantly, <laughs> just making things. Oh, I yeah, know they they totally brought back the cocaine in this one. That's the zero bit. See, no, that zero <laughs> as in less than zero. The movie that Robert zero Downey means Jr. that we put yeah, no. There is no poison in the water that we use to make this coke. There's no poison. Coke zero tastes better than diet coke, but 
You think? <laughs> what's what's the difference? I, I don't think there's aspartame in it, and I don't think there's caffeine in it either. It's in a black can, and it's manly. The most disgusting <laughs> soda That's the difference. I've <laughs> ever had in my life was uh, a liter of diet color. caffeine-free Coke. That sound. Oh, that's in uh, the gold yeah, can. The gold yeah. Can. Yep. Oh. It was. Uh, I got. I got a. Uh, I had. Well, there was a, like a gumball machine, and like if you got the right gumball. Yeah, you that's get a free two liter. Coke Zero. Their big selling point is that it's real sugar instead of aspartame. Then what? Then what's the zero mean? I don't know. Zero calories. calories. Zero calories. Yeah, zero but they calories. put sugar in it. I don't know, but it's not aspartame. It's like they're actually using Stick sugar Stick to cane. the script. <laughs> Stick to the script, and you'll have no problems. It's basically, yeah, they're actually using, like, cane sugar instead of aspartame, which is a million hmm. times better for you anyway. But is, how is are they the taking the calories sugar? out of the sugar? I don't know. They put them on diet. Who right. <laughs> <laughs> knows what uh, the fuck we're drinking anyway? You see, they put yeah. anti-calories in there. I mean, the shit scrubs rust off a bump. So it's Does just it really celery. <laughs> put it, you put a penny in some Diet Coke, it's... The rust, the fucking everything's off of it but in two seconds. It's crazy. It's yeah, it's good for you. Yeah, it's good to clear out the. I, uh, I personally love Coke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah, we we really aren't dissing Coke. No, we, like, we aren't. Rum so and Coke, Cokes, uh, everything. You should give us money. <laughs> Although it was rather horrifying when I saw the Mythbusters where they let uh, some uh, teeth sit in. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I didn't some see Coke. that, but I can say. Well, luckily, it just passes by your teeth really quickly, right? Yeah, right. right? Long as you have a steady use of saliva, straw. you're yeah, fine. Yeah, just use a straw. You'll be fine. The inside of your teeth won't be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> when I lived um, down south in, in Asheville, North Carolina, my buddy, Freddie, who actually worked in Cooperstown and took me to Oma Gang, um, he picked us. He came down to visit, and we went out to the Coke Museum and plant in Atlanta. That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I like Coca-Cola. Now, you go in, I mean, you go and you do the tour, they got some really cool artwork statues, and you go through the bottling plant, you get your cool little sampler or, like, you know, souvenir bottle or whatever. But then they let you loose in the fucking Coke tap room, and there's Cokes from around the world. And not just Coca-Cola, but all the different types of regional drinks that they make at Coca-Cola. Well, yeah, when I was in Japan, I tasted a difference. Yeah, there's a huge difference. But they had these Coke machines that you can select. I mean, I've actually seen them at Burger Kings here. They're they're becoming more popular. Oh, the ones with like all the different flavors. Yeah, and you stuff? can select. Yeah. And I come across orange Coca Cola, hmm. and I drank so much that I was <laughs> I was climbing the goddamn walls. <laughs> they had to literally peel me off the walls and put me back. And then we went to a Braves game and sat in the ninety thousand degree heat. But um. Wow. You just, I mean, just, just, just sat. It's like, more, more Coke, more Coke, more Coke. And I swear to God, I mean, you think you were, it's like your your eyes were buzzing, you're twitching. And so you're on cocaine. <laughs> Pretty much. You know? I'm, I'm guessing that's what it'd be like. But it was amazing. I can all see those how traces get of cocaine are still in there, but it's just not as strong. Like, hey, guys, you drink hey guys, all of it. have you tried the orange one? Have you tried the orange one? It's great. So that's why they don't sell orange Coke in the United States. Probably. I think it's just South America and, you know, third world countries. That sounds great. They're more productive The only thing that could improve that kind of grow to puppy. It sounds like the only thing that could improve that Coke facility is if they had a pen full with polar bears. Because they used to use a polar bears to sell Coca-Cola. They had like a huge polar bear like costume, someone in a polar bear. <laughs> and you took pictures with it? <laughs> so my, my wife and I sat in, you know, in a big polar bear embrace. Like I'm literally, things like eight feet tall. <laughs> and just sat there, a big white fuzzy thing. And you take your pictures with it and stuff. So they did have polar bears. All right. Speaking and not the kind that get bears. you in trouble with, you yeah. know, the I'd like wi- to try some Bundaberg or. again. It's <laughs> uh, Australian rum. It's Bundaberg. It's so good. I had it when I was in London, and then uh, Zach brought some home from Australia once. What's that have to do with polar bear? He's I a was... polar bear as a mascot. Oh. 
That makes sense. There, it's, there's it's really there's a weird. line there somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it's really weird. So that I thought I had ADD. <laughs> Australia, it, yeah, the, in Australia, their uh, polar bear mascot is Verbundaberg. Nice. <laughs> it's delicious rum. <laughs> they hang out with the wallabies and the kangaroos. <laughs> They're all mates. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's enough about Coke. We, I think we've advertised them enough. Yeah, Let's that's talk true. about Phil. Wow. Oh. I because. love talking about Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it's Phil's favorite subject. <laughs> well, Phil said when it's time to talk about Phil, he likes to talk about Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so why don't uh, you, I mean, you've been on the show before. It's been, oh, probably it's a year been, and a half, yeah. two years, something like that. Yeah. It's so uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of background again? And Well, um, Phil Giuliano, I, um, I'm a cartoonist. I have a, a comic strip called Best in Show, and I'm actually celebrating the 10th anniversary it was actually 2014, wow. but um, I'm celebrating a 10th anniversary, and in celebrating, I created a, a 10th anniversary collection that kind of has everything, pretty much like the top 10 cartoons from each year all the way up to 2014, and then there's a reboot. I don't know if you guys have been reading it or if you checked it out, but I've kind of like rebooted the comic strip where halfway through um, 2014, I decided to have the main characters, which were essentially me and my wife and my dog, whatever, and... Um, Instead of dealing with adult issues as adults, he was, like, freaking out about retirement. He's like, what am I going to do for retirement? He's like, I had a Star Wars collection when I was a kid. I'm going to build a time machine. I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to save my Star, my Star Wars toys, and I'm going to, like, put them away and, like, pull them out. And when it's time to retire, it'll be fortune. And uh, so he makes a, a, a time machine out of a cardboard box, you know, draws pictures on like he's seven years old anyways. Goes back in time, and when he comes back out of the cardboard box, he's a little kid, and he kind of gets to relive his childhood in the 70s again which has been amazing for me because i grew up in the 70s and i got to like revisit all this cool stuff like the muppets and you know of course star wars because that's the whole point of him Mm -hmm. going back so i got to like relive my star wars toys and i got to you know think about well shit not only was there star wars toys there was that cool blue series star wars trading card set and i went <laughs> and you know i started drawing comics about that and of course right away i'm like boom impulse buy on ebay and i bought a set and you just you know <laughs> and then i start getting a little deeper and i'm like exploring different things like the different tv shows like thunder the barbarian i start researching thunder the barbarian because he actually came out in like 78 or 79 i remember that and he was according to the interview i saw the creators he was like the first science fiction um cartoon like Saturday morning type cartoon that was put out there, and really? they ended up canceling it because the, the the topics that they addressed, like you know, like the comet going by and blowing up the Earth, it was all kind of like, hey, this is <laughs> this is shit that can happen. <laughs> so we're like freaking people out. So they end up canceling and pulling the show. So and you know, I get to go back and and, and revisit that and and just kind of rewrite my childhood. Like, what would it be like if I met my wife when I was seven? You know, or what would my dog be like when he was a puppy? Or, of course, I know that, but in yeah. the 70s. So it's it's a whole lot of fun kind of going back and, like, living in the 70s. But then you have the 90s, 2000s, you know, mentality of technology. Because I have this love-hate thing with technology. You know, it's like I love it because doing what I do, it's like it's a necessity. You have mm-hmm. to do it. You have to tweet and you have to update on Facebook and you have to be out there. But, you know, what would it be like going back and not needing it again. It's like, we didn't need this stuff growing up. 
You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. what happened before cell phones? Well, I we think just kinda... all, all of us were right. The, yeah. Us in this room were right on the edge. We, 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 we actually talked about that yeah, the other day. Yeah, we're like one of the last like generations that literally had barely any technology. And, and right. then it all just boomed. You right had to wait by the phone yeah. for your friends. You had to and go if over... they didn't call, you didn't do anything that day. Or else you walk, <laughs> you walk to their house like, yeah. That just doesn't happen anymore. Right. And so that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I draw my comics about now. It's like there's one, you know, it's like social calendars. You're like the older you get. I mean, you, get, you, you start getting philosophical. You know? <laughs> but the older you get, it's like, man, now you got to check your calendar to see if you can go hang out with someone. So I would draw comics about being a kid. And I remember when I was like just, uh, 12 years old or something, I had all the Star Trek Next Generation action figures and stuff, and I thought they were the coolest, and I had the Enterprise and everything. When I was that age, my parents got rid of the Enterprise and stuff and stuff. I just wasn't in the basement anymore. Like, where the hell did it go? Oh, and, it, my, and it, then I was so pissed. It ran away. I was so pissed it's about. on the farm oh, with your dog. But <laughs> <laughs> when you talked about that, putting away all your action figures until when you're older and stuff, that literally happened to me when I was like 12 years old. I was pissed at myself for opening up all my Star Trek characters, and then they're all fucking mm-hmm. busted up. And I remember. Stuff. Uh, when yeah. I, I, when I, was a kid, I think everybody's had that kind of situation. Well. When I was a kid, I had one. Of the, I just you said the Star Trek figures. And when I was a kid, I had a, one of those uh, Jordy LaForge because he has, he has an advisor, so he's yeah, I know, obviously right? the best person. Of course, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> I bring him, bring him, brought him into like kindergarten one day, and then the visor disappeared. Oh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I also had uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Is it uh, Guinan? Is that her name in it? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So. She has the big hat on her head yeah. or whatever. I yeah, thought God, she was pretty cool. <laughs> Man, I, I was obsessed with my Star. I was like, really, even at like seven years old, I was meticulous with them. Mm-hmm. Like other kids were blowing their shit up with firecrackers, and I would like put little pieces of masking tape and like put a little red on them. It's like, oh yeah, he got shot. <laughs> you know, I didn't blow shit up. I, mean, I didn't break them because I loved them. I put them all back in that really cool. F- Collapsing. Oh, I know oh, exactly. Suitcase, right. Darth yeah. Vader suitcase, yep, yep. you know, and you put them all, and they're all labeled. And like, I'm, I'm not OCD at all. <laughs> and you know, it's like, what would it be like to go back and have everything in this pristine condition, and then put them out on eBay now? It's like, fuck. Which be is able, the only you'd be able to retire, so right? much money. That is right. the only reason why that uh, Kevin James's comic book men show is good is going and seeing all the things. All that the people old, bring yeah. In. Otherwise, that show's just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, there goes that opportunity for a sponsor. <laughs> Way to keep them on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. But, so, yeah, it's been 10 years with that. And um, it's really exciting because I, I went back. It's took, taken me a few, you know, a few weeks, like on and off over the course of several months of putting this stuff all together. And it's literally, if when you guys see it or if you see it or whatever, it, it's... It's like a journal. It's a diary of my life. You know, of course, with some, you know, a little embellishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like aliens and Elvis. And <laughs> shit, I think E.T. made an appearance in one yep. of them. But, um, but it's funny. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm probably safe for speaking for, like, everybody who does what I do. It's like, you write what you know, so you write your experience. So mine was pretty much directly. It's like, all right, middle-aged guy. He's got a girlfriend with a beard, everything. And... um I'm the looking. girlfriend has the beard. <laughs> I, I made her shave. We were living in Nashville. Shit, I mean, shave. You, you just let it go. It was au naturel, man. Organic. Let it grow, man. Organic. Okay. Keep you warm. But um, but yeah, it's. I mean, as an artist, I got to look back and see. This is where I started ten years ago, sitting at that comic book show in Bethesda, Maryland, and it was absolute shite. I mean, it's like, what is it? My daughter could draw this, and then you look and you can just see how the artwork and the storylines and how everything just progresses. I can tell. And it was cool because I got to add, like, little narratives under each, like, 
you know, poignant comic strips. Like, all right, this is the one where PJ has a beard. He moved to Asheville. And this is the one where I started using digital tools, like my Wacom and, and all that. And it makes you realize, like, wow, I, I've, I've come from, you know, scraggly little pretty much stick figures in 19 or 2004. And now I'm like full color online digital kind of. It's a whole production. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty cool. How often do you go by hand? Like, do you just exclusively use uh, Wacom now? I, 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 I'm pretty, I'm hundred percent digital now. The only, the only hand drawn stuff I do, I do a lot of sketch cards and I do Mm -hmm. these sometimes some of the, the TC threes, theme sketch stuff i'll do by hand but it's pretty much 100 percent digital okay. it's, it's simply an efficiency thing mm-hmm. and um i fought it i fought it i fought it and i kept bitching to my wife about it. i'm like god i gotta do my comic strip and i gotta scan it in and then i gotta blah, blah, blah. she goes why don't you just buy one of those digital tablets I'm like no i like the pens i like the paper i'm not gonna <laughs> the do only it, no. good thing about those things is the feel of them like it would be for me the customer basically like when you actually hand me a hand drawn thing or something like that, that's when it actually feels that's, really yeah. cool. And yeah. that's the kind of thing. Like for comic shows, I do that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, for sure. But I don't. I don't do a lot of e-commerce. I guess mm-hmm. you know. It's like a lot of the, the sales and a lot of the interaction is face to face. It's mm-hmm. at comic shows. That's why I make such a big deal about going to them. I love it. I love meeting the people. Yeah, yeah. I love like drawing stuff for people and selling stuff. I just completely shift from introverted golem at the whack'em tablet to like uber salesman like that guy ronco tv like selling shredders it's crazy. <laughs> so um so that's pretty cool though uh, you, you have commentary in your uh, 10th anniversary i like, do uh, under there, there's you know in the beginning there's a lot because there's a lot to tell about okay this is where i started you know i started writing about just being a owning a dog you know you, you comment on the dog and then you start to, to to grow and you start to evolve and you start commenting on different things in your own life and then and you just it just grows and grows as you, as you move along and it, it just develops you know the comic strip develops and different things in your life change and of course you record them in your comic strips and you're like oh yeah that's when I lived in South Minneapolis and we found mice in our camping gear and like all the shit was chewed up I and mean, you write comic strips about it and it's, but um I know like one of my favorite uh, comic collections I've read was the Calvin and Hobbes 10th anniversary oh god yeah yeah that the, just all that commentary that he had like I I enjoy reading those commentaries like as you read the comics and. So yeah, that's really cool. It's though. it's nice. Like personally, I love that stuff because you get that little, yeah. you get, you get that glimpse. window, you get the glimpse of the creative yeah. process mm-hmm. and the history and the, and the stuff behind it, the behind the scenes, like for, like the the, the disc, the the like the director's cut discs yeah. that come with the bonus materials. I love it because you see most, how the magic is made. Yeah, and it's yep. just great. My most excited. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. My I'm really excited too. But I got Faulty Towers on DVD, <laughs> and John <laughs> Cleese has the commentary for every single oh, episode. Oh, that'll be awesome! I love John. I'm Cleese. so excited for that. Oh. My God, you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever considered plastic surgery? <laughs> no, I'm really excited. Oh Faulty Towers is oh so good. Oh, I used to watch that. Oh, funny, funny. Well, speaking of uh, cons, you're going to a couple in May, right? Yeah, dude. May is a big month for me. Um, for the first time, uh, me and 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 most of the members from the Twin Cities Comic Collective, the TC3. Um, are going to be showing up in force, man. We're going to be like 10 deep. We have a whole bank of tables um, right across from Jay and Silent Bob. It's pretty cool. The hell really? yeah. And then Radagast awesome. from Lord of the Rings and, and Kevin Sorbo. And, wow. But um, they're like right across the way. But but yeah, for the first time, I mean, these guys, they did it last year. Like I was always leery. I don't like, like 
from a business standpoint. It's like I keep my overhead down. I try to go to local shows that are low overhead and I can make money at. Mm -hmm. And this one I was kind of worried about because ah, the table space is like 375. You split it, it's 175 or whatever. Um, but um, but they said that last year, man, they went and they had their table back. They made their money back on the first day and then That's the rest really of the time. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's like, well, just the volume of people going through has to be, I mean, just a, just mm -hmm. a percentage. I mean, the law of averages are going to say it. You're going to make some money. I mean, unless your stuff is absolutely well, I mean, dog crap. I think about uh, the Crypticon or whatever. That's what I went to one time. And just like, yeah, my main goal is go to see Tom Savini. But then you turn around right behind you. Oh, there's some really cool shit. Like, once you go see your one person you're going to, that's when you see everything. Well, else. and you've just yeah. spent 80 yep. bucks on a ticket yeah. to get in. You're going to spend all <laughs> yeah. day there. You're, yeah, you're going to walk around. And you're going to walk around. Oh, yeah. And you're going to walk oh, yeah. around. And it and sounds like you have around. some really good placement this year. Yeah. It's, um... According to the, the the virtual map or the interactive map, it looks like it's right there. I mean, it's pretty sweet, really right cool. in front of a, an entranceway, and like you walk in, it's like bam, there we go. Well, are. yeah, and that should be how it goes too, because seeing as you're like a Twin City collective, it's in Twin Cities. Of course, you should be kind of. Right there. Is there like an artist alley then, or? Well, yeah, they well they have the guests, like the celebrity guests, which are the TV folks, yep, and the movie folks, and then they have the guest artists, which are people like you know Dan Jurgens and and like the high profile people that are in the comics. And then they, you know, they have other. I guess they're all okay. I'm not gonna lie. I've never been, so I don't know exactly <laughs> how they faced them out. I know according to the website, you know, they'll have the the guest artists and the ones that they ship in, and then they'll have an artist alley with a bunch of other folks like me that pay to be there. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's the first time I've actually shelled out for such a big show, and I'm, we're we've built as a group. We've built a lot of buzz around it I mean, we did this indiegogo campaign and uh which was funded i mean we got which is awesome yeah it's amazing i mean in the, literally the last minute it was completely funded and then went a little bit over and 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 we have to thank all our friends and family yeah, and, and so fans cool. and yeah and now we're able to actually i mean that's going to foot the bill for everything that's going to foot the bill for the table spaces that's going to foot the awesome. bill for the, the 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 printing of the alpha x book which we all worked on mm -hmm. um and it's going to foot the bill for all the, the the promotional stuff. So it's it put us there, and it's going to make it like a lucrative. It's going to make us a, a nice Good. show for Good. us. You Good know? for you. But um, but yeah, man. Just to, just to touch on the Alpha X. I mean, I've never really worked on Jam Comics, and this is a, literally a Jam Comic that every one of us in the TC3 has had their fingers on, from either you know drawing pages, inking pages, lettering and coloring. It's like almost everybody if not everybody in the group has had something to do with it. Did you guys, so for the story itself or something like that, like uh, how would that come about? Lucas Munson, he's one of the writer guys. There's like Lucas and, and David Jensen. Um, they're like the writer guys and among other things. But um, they just, they came up with the idea to write a, a comic, a jam comic. And it was just one of those ideas we kicked around. And then they start writing this idea about, you know, this, you know, throwback to these science fiction pulp, comics with aliens and you know armies of the world rising up and i mean and then they just spun this whole tale and they did all the research about where this stuff can happen and cool next thing you know they got this full script and um this was probably last spring or last summer they started writing it out and hashing it out and we started divvying up like the, the, the character designs yeah. and all that and then we started talking about it's like well let's make a book out of it let's make it happen for say 
SpringCon. But then we're like, well, how about we get it ready for MSP or uh, Wizard World because it's the bigger deal. We can make this huge, you know, hubbub about it mm-hmm. and, and just show up like. And um, it, it what blows me away is, I mean, everybody in the TC3 is like extremely talented. I mean, professional oh, level yeah. talent, writing, inking, art. I mean, but the way the book all came together. And for as many people that were involved, it still has a continuity to it. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys on Facebook, we've been putting up like the printed yeah. copies. I mean, it's it's a nice looking book. I mean, everything it's came gorgeous. out amazing, right? So um, to be a part of something like that, even if I, I mean, I, only, I penciled like three pages maybe and I inked a couple pages. So I had a very minimal and they're like, palm tree scenes. I, mean, I didn't even have like the cool action <laughs> I, I mean, I'm the guy pretty much holding the mic over the movie set kind but of still, thing. But still, like, the whole idea of having a group effort towards something like that is so cool. When you think of, like, the movie Four Rooms or something where it's Quentin Tarantino, Rod Rodriguez, and a bunch of other people all creating a, their own story for something to make a huge thing that all works together. Right. right? And it, uh, yeah. And that and kind of thing, that sells, and that's a great idea that shows off everybody's talents. I don't know. I think working together, collaborating is one of the coolest things you can ever uh, do. How many of there are you in the Twin Cities uh, Collective? Probably twelve or thirteen of us. There's there's like a core group. There's like yeah. the founding members, um, which are about nine or ten of us. And then there's a few associate members that are like folks that came in afterwards that we invited to join us and have been a part of it and stuff. Um, so yeah, there I would say twelve or thirteen total. But um, yeah, I mean just. I, I, it was it was an idea. I mean, you guys are familiar with it. I mean, it was an idea of, you know, we'd sit next to each other at comic shows, and we're like, you know what, you're cool. I love your work. <laughs> yeah, we should hang out. You know, because we, we all sit together. We're yeah, all in do. our in you our do. little insular little uh, um, comic studios, and we're by ourselves all the time. And we always, you know, we just turn to each other like, man, did you get sick of just being by yourself? We should hang out. And then we kind of like I was sitting next to Doug Colbert. Mm-hmm. One year, and, and I said, you guys are neighbors. Now we're, I know, right? Now he lives down the street. Now I can't get rid of him. He wants to <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, it just, it turned out from being, it turned from being just a cool way to hang out with others like you, mm-hmm. you know, just like a yeah. social group, you know, mm-hmm. into almost like a business enterprise. Cause now everybody in our group has such a level of professionalism and they're so motivated to actually be more than just, Let's hang out and draw comics. We're like, no, let's draw comics. Let's promote them. Let's put them out let's there. Make let's this be our day job. Let's, let's, yeah. let's be professional. Yeah. And and that was like one of the biggest things. It's like when we formed this, like we're, we're going to do it. This isn't just going to be a bunch of schmucks drawing comics and and you know passing along a sketch and, and whatever. No, we're going to make it professional. That's really because cool. I'm I'm a professional. I want everybody I work with to be professional. Yeah. So it it turned out pretty, and it's been it was a year in November. So we're like a year and almost a year and a half old and we've already done some pretty major projects for like the 10,000 uh, 10,000 laugh festivals in, in, in Minneapolis we've done work for Art of World and, and Dangerous Man like commission stuff for them we're we're in um, partnership with the Rosemont Area Arts Council doing art shows and art projects with them and there's um, there's other things cooking that we're not going to talk about quite yet, but our <laughs> um, hands in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, sh- it's not it's not a, just a, a yeah. casual thing. It's it's a business. That's mm-hmm. really impressive after just a year and a half too. Right, and and, and we're it's well, yeah, we're, we're going to be when you have that many people all together, like you can you have your sources are a lot 
they're they're broader. It's like, a, it's there's amazing. So many different things you can do. Yeah. How many people that people know? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how this stuff happens. Like, oh yeah, I got a guy who does this. Or yeah, oh I have my dad is on the council for Rosemont Area oh, Arts yeah. Council. And you know, it's whoa, I got a guy who does printing, or I got a guy who does this. And it's like, yeah, I met a guy at a comic show who knows a bunch of That's so cool. You yeah. know, or I know dudes that do these podcasts on their Facebook. <laughs> here, right? We should have the Twin Cities Collective on here. That I would think be we, so we should, much We should fun. do an entire panel. That would be, be so fun. cool. And to have, you know, as many of us around here, that'd be, yeah. that'd be awesome. And that'd I guarantee really that if we time it right, everybody would be very up for it. Because they know that Doug and I have done it, and we say that you guys are so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I think it'd be a great opportunity for us and a great opportunity oh, yeah. for you guys oh too. yeah that'd be a lot of fun so but um wow i'm just keep on going <laughs> well uh you we we were promised a story about your celebrity treatment okay and so so this this is something i mean y'all have you ever heard the story about mark wade um he was contacted by like a, a comic book show a comic book promoter, a convention promoter, and said, like, we're going to fly you out here, we're going to put you up, and we're going to have you be a guest at our comic show, right? And it turned out that there was a group of kids that contacted Mark Wade. I mean, you, you know who Mark Wade is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they flew him out to, like, their house. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, they're like, yeah, it's us. We wanted you to come hang out with us, so we flew you out here. We're going to put you up. We're going to have you hang out. You know, and he's like, "I'm here, okay." You know, um, over Christmas time. Now, y'all, y'all know that I draw for the Growler magazine. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do cartoons for them every month, and um, I got a, a random email, and it was from this gentleman who saw one of my comics. It was like reposted on a, a beer website or something, and they're like, "My friend really likes your work. This comic in particular." And he goes, "I'd like to buy the original from you." I'm like, "Sure, yeah, this is great." And he goes, um, but not only that, I'd like to have you present it in person. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You in the Twin Cities? I, this would be great. <laughs> you just show up and like, look at me, I'm popular. <laughs> and um, he goes, well, no, um, I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, it's like, I'll send you the, the original. You can just pay me. And he's like, no, I'm serious. I want, my friend really likes your work. We do this thing every Friday where we go to his garage and we do exactly this, where they everybody brings a beer, they all sit and they sample and they get sauced and they just talk about beer and geek out and they go on untapped and they log in and they bloop, 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 you know. <laughs> and um, so he's like, no, seriously, I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring you out here. And, uh, you know, right away I'm like, bullshit, 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 <laughs> bullshit, flags are going up. I'm like, you're so full of it. I mean... Um, but what happened is that conversation, that email conversation led to a Skype call. So I actually spoke to him and he told me about, well, you know, I do this, I'm out in Colorado Springs and I do this, this and that. I, 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 I develop voice analyzation software. I got this huge contract. He goes, I make a lot of money. And he goes, when you make a lot of money and you got cool friend, you want to do stuff for him, Mm -hmm. you know? And he goes, I'm serious when I say I want to fly you out here so that you can present the original artwork to my buddy. And I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and my, no brainer at that and point. And I'm like, you know, this can be a complete. So first off, I'm thinking, this is awesome. Someone's going to fly me out. This is going to be the coolest thing ever. I'm going to show up. You're going to fly. <laughs> and on the other hand, I'm like, middle of Colorado, 
probably going to die. Fucking going to die. <laughs> there, you know, there's a lot of unstable people out there, and you know, so I'm like, <laughs> and I told my wife about it, and she's like, yeah, right, forget about it. <laughs> Where's you going to stay? Who's going to put you up? How's he going to get you out there? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. He hasn't told me yet. He makes money. You know, he's, he's, he's I talked to him, and he says he can do this. And so, you know, that again led to a few emails back and forth, and I end up chatting with him again and he's like you know i have all these friends that are you know they're all beer people and two of them want to start a brewery and and one guy has you know homebrews and they're all judges for like the the denver beer festivals and the all colorado beer festivals and he goes they don't have artwork for any of their stuff yet so let's see if i can get them all together so that when you get here you can talk to them about doing artwork for them and i'm like all right come on Right. I mean, where's the bullshit going to stop? It's, you know, it's a, the, the old thing where, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it's usually. Okay. He's going to fly me out there and then bury me, is what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to chop off my ring finger, put it in the, the freezer with the rest of the ring fingers. He's going to pull some Kill and Bill he, on your ass right, and shake gonna, you with the salt gun and throw right, you in a car. Exactly. Car. And he's going to put me out in the, in the, the, the collegiate mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> and so I'm a bit nerved up about it, but in the meantime, I'm still putting together a portfolio because if I'm going to be buried in the fucking collegiate, you're going to try to sell something gonna, while you're being I'm buried. At least show them my portfolio, <laughs> <laughs> right? Change your minds. It's right, you know. <laughs> at least I'm going to go down, like you know, doing what I love. <laughs> but and, and then it got closer to the time, like the the scheduled date was the end of February. We come up with a date for like February 28th, and he goes, "I'll fly you out." You'll stay the night. We'll fly it back on Saturday. So, like, commando raid. And it went through, and, you know, time, again, a couple of weeks go by, and waiting for, I'm like, where's the itinerary? Is this for real? Because, you know, I got to start, like, telling everybody my next of kin <laughs> where I'm going to be in case I don't come back, right? Where yeah. to start looking. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he got me the itinerary. He goes, boom, here you go. You're going to be flown into Denver. He's going to, they're going to transport you via shuttle down to Colorado Springs. I'll pick you up with a shuttle stop. And then we'll go from there. And then I look at the itinerary, and it's like, the flight's at like 4 in the morning. I'm like, what are you trying to do to me? Like, make me delirious from, you know, <laughs> and then kill me? Is this the plan? Trying to make it easy on right? himself. At least you won't know what's happening. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it ended up happening. I'm like, he flew me out there. He he put together this elaborate party, like, where the dude didn't know. Like, his friend didn't know I was coming. It was like, really cool. Mark's bringing his dude, and it's... <laughs> You know, he's like got all these people together. It's like, yeah, we're throwing together a party. We're gonna make it like a Cajun food fest. It's like a beer, and we're just gonna pass it off as you know, no big thing. And always gonna know the wiser. And he brings me there, and I like walk in, and there's 20 people that I don't know. And the scary thing, which made me start second guessing again, is like everybody was carrying guns, and this isn't a joke. Everybody had sidearms. Not lying. All the guys had sidearms. And I'm like. You know, where's mine? Like, <laughs> Let's go shoot shit. I mean, if we're gonna do it, but everybody had guns, and they're like, "Well, we're all ex-military. We're all ex-military because Colorado Springs built. There's like five military bases there. They're all ex-military. They're all licensed to carry, and they're actually all part of this really cool organization called BACA, uh, Bikers Against Child Abuse. Mm. And they, oh yeah, and yeah. they actually yeah. escort children from place to place. And keep them safe. They use them on Bad Grandpa, if you ever saw Bad Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Bad Grandpa. But, um, but it turns out they're legit, and, and it was a really cool group. They all worked together, and they all like did stuff together, and they all like trained in the martial arts together, and they all carried guns together, and they all shot shit together. It was really amazing. Like The <laughs> dynamic. Everybody, the, 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 the guys and the wives and the kids, they all 
did everything together. It was crazy. But um, but they had this party and they had you know everybody brought food and I got to talk to a bunch of different people. And after a while, you kind of loosen up because there's always someone who has something in common. You mm-hmm. know? And I started talking beer with everybody. Then one of the guys liked cigars, so I stopped talking cigars. And that led to a really crazy story about the Lars Teton Cigar Company, which someday I'll tell you about. And um, it all, you know, it all built up. We tasted our beers, and I passed my portfolio around, and it finally came to the point where Mark presented me. He's like, yeah, this is the guy that drew this picture that you love so much. I flew him out here to give it to you in person. He was like, what? (laughs) So, uh, and then the coolest thing about it, and you know, these guys, like you guys, they, 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 they had their beer tasting and, and they try different things. And the guy, his name is Matt, Alaska Matt, they call him. He goes, Oh my God. He saw the picture and he's like, Come with me. <laughs> and you're like, all right. And he took me down to the basement, right? He goes, come with me. And we were talking comics, and he goes down in the basement, and there's just tables of long boxes of comics. And I'm like, you oh, are wow. a geek. And there's, like, just bookshelves of, of, of sci-fi novels and all Star Trek, and then just bookshelves. And he goes, wait, come around the corner here. And I go around this little corner in, in, his, in his basement, and there's a shelf, like a big metal, like industrial metal shelf lined, like a flipping beer cooler full of vintage beers oh boom, man boom. like stuff like surly darkness going back five years boom 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 oh, and wow. just just these crazy i mean these guys were serious collectors. serious collectors and he goes you want to try that stuff up there and he pulls down this bottle he goes this is a 200 dollars bottle of beer it's 20 percent abv and it was something called the utopias by uh it was actually sam adams oh the sam adams yeah the utopia 20 percent it's a big beer. And it was like, you know, five years old, six years old or whatever. He goes, let's try them. So he pulled down two of them. He's like, let's drink this tonight. I'm like, it's a $200 bottle of beer, but who cares? <laughs> you flew me out here, you know? That has so, to be a boozy taste of beer. How did but it taste? But it was, quite honestly, I only, I literally only took a sip. Because, I, I mean, by that time, I had a bunch of, I was tasting seven other beers, and I didn't want to do something that heavy that late because it would have just put me over the edge. But, um. But yeah, it turned out that you know he was this guy. Matt was into like all the same stuff. Like he's into art. He likes to draw. He has all these comic books, and he has like this beer collection that would make anybody cry. And um, it just turned out to be a really cool experience. And then you know they brought me back to my hotel like a freaking holiday, and they put me in in a nice holiday in room. And um, the next day we had breakfast, and I you know talked with another guy who wanted some illustrations done for a book or whatever, and went and toured the the mountains and stuff till I had to go back onto the shuttle and back up to Denver and, you know, fly back home or whatever. So, um, it was just one of those things where it's like when it's presented to you, you don't say no. Yeah. Even if you end up buried with the coyotes, <laughs> you got to try it. At you, least you don't once. say no. Cause it makes for a great story if you come back. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, and it's really cool cause I've actually made friends now. Like I have more mm-hmm. friends that, or a fan of my work and, and, and chat about beers and just, mm-hmm. you know, more people with things in common. And um, I would suggest that if anybody proposes that they want to fly you out somewhere <laughs> and have you present, like, an original piece of artwork, just say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Just say yeah. And, you know, and, and what happens happens, but just say yeah. Say you did it. You know I, I, mean? I have a question. So, seeing as it's all digital now, what does it mean by original piece of artwork? Well, this original piece of artwork was actually 
pen and ink on crystal. If somebody board. asked you for an original of something that's digital, what would you do? Would you go and delete the file then? And <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would say there is no original. It's digital. I would be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't skirt the question. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. Like, well, if you went to Wacom tablet and then. What, you just delete the file and be like, yeah, it's original. No. Don't have it anymore. No, it's nope. <laughs> original. You got the only one. No, that's uh, one of the things. That's that another thing that's interesting about the whole aspect of going of digital. digital. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it to begin mm-hmm. with. Because, well, I won't have any original art. But I'm like, well, now I don't It's have, all original to you. Now I don't have stuff cluttering up my studio. That's true. And, like, stacking yeah. corners and stuff. You know, it's not like I sell tons and tons of original artwork. I just create it. Mm-hmm. And then store it. So, but now, then again, like you said, you're doing trading cards and whatnot. And, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So now I do that kind of stuff yeah. just for comic shows or for commissions and stuff. But cool, awesome. And uh, you recently became a father, right? Do you believe it? <laughs> I don't actually. Do you believe uh, it? <laughs> um, yeah, my daughter. Her name is Emerson Jean. She was born on the 24th of March, and um, so very recently. Yeah, she's a she just turned a month old. And um, it's one of those things where I never expected to be a father. This was only five years ago. Before I met my wife, I was at a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get married. Forget that. I'm not going to ever have kids because I worked with kids. I'm like, why should I have kids? I can work with them and send them home. Um, but no, you, you you find the right woman and things just click and you end up the marriage, the house, the, and then the, the kid. And um my biggest thing was like, my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to work and have a kid? And, you know, and you start thinking about like the real shit in life. And, um, it turned out, um, being like, I, I, I'm in a, a very lucky position where I work from home, you know, being a, a, a professional cartoonist, mm-hmm. I work at home. I don't have to pay for childhood. I'm home all the time. Yeah. So it's awesome. You know, so like when when she's awake at night or keeping us up at night, I don't have to worry about stressing out or getting up and going to work. It's like I get up, I'll go upstairs. <laughs> you know, I'm still in my pajamas. I'm still drinking coffee. But um, it's it's something that I never thought I would, a position I thought I'd be in, but I'm so glad I am. And um, it makes for great fodder for my comic strip. You know, um, she's going to be introduced but not as like a daughter, like it would be if I were to continue yeah. with the adult characters. Yeah. But she's actually going to be incarnated as a little sister. Okay. Yeah. So I, I still get to write about her. I still get to write about the experiences, but it's going to be kind of a different angle. And, That'll be um, fun. I actually started writing about. That. I mean, it's just a blast. And I start talking about the pregnancy <laughs> bit, you know, and like the, the hormones. <laughs> and it's like, God, I can go on forever with this. Well, that's why uh, Bill Cosby's little dit ditty about. Uh, the labor did he gives birth to a lizard it's one of the best things ever from himself in the 1970s See, album. i don't i don't remember that one i remember the one about noah and it's the on arc. the same album is that it? that dentist is on oh god and it talks about getting the novocaine and then his lip falls and he acts like ah, his lip actually fell. Fell. yeah <laughs> it's like the, the track or two before that oh god why don't i remember that but I remember the one about Noah where it's like, you know, and the elephants are pregnant and giving birth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Congratulations, honey. You gave birth to a lizard. That's basically. No, I, I it's a good one. I don't remember that. I love the Bill Cosby. I have a bunch of his albums. And the Eddie Murphy, too. Crazy. 
Isn't it great listening to, to, to comedy on I, like, on a record? record? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it great? I was watching uh, yesterday. I worked all day at Emma's, and uh, when I came in, it was the 1970s best of SNL. Then when I got done, it was finally at the 2000s, and I had the whole day laughing hysterically. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Too hot in the hot tub. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've... Gumby, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was a big fan... Like I, I really enjoyed the seventies, the SNL, like the early SNL. They're good. They have their ups and downs through yeah. that entire thing. And then the eighties is just forgotten about. You can't find that anywhere. And then finally they started bringing up stuff, and it's pretty shitty. But yeah. there's a lot of good things to it that are just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, the best ofs are nice because they pick and choose the best stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it was people, all well. And then people always forget that there was so much other stuff that just did yeah. not fly. Yeah. And so like, well, SNL used to be really good. Yeah, no, it, that's because you're watching the best. Yeah, it really wasn't just a best of thing. It was like an uh, interview about what was the highs and lows of every single, okay. every single thing. So they had interviews with everybody at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was just. I still hilarious. get surprised every once in a while. I'll see, like, oh, yeah. And this guy was on SNL back then. It's like, what? Yeah, that like, guy was on SNL? Billy Crystal and Martin Short and, like, all them and Sarah Silverman, all them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, what? Pre crazy Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Pre crazy Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> well, that one's obvious. His. his Little thing about uh, what's the the uh, chef uh, Julia Childs when he's Julia Childs and he's cooking the turkey and cuts himself and blood's just that's when you use the phone and the phone's a set prop so it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, All right. Well, uh, we've been recording for about an hour and a half. Oh, this was a good freaking interview. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Website, My comic Facebook. stuff. Yeah, please uh, go to www.bestinshowcomic.com and read my comic strip. It updates Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's full color goodness, um, especially if you're in your mid 40s. It's got a lot of nostalgic value as well. <laughs> um, Facebook is Best in Show Comic and uh, Twitter at Best in Show Comic. And shoot, I even have a Patreon page. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to get We're big with, fans of the Patreon. You got to get with it. So if you want to read my comics and be completely overwhelmed by its awesomicity. <laughs> Wait. Awesomicity? Awesomicity. It's a word. It's my word. It it's works. Word. Yep, it's my word. <laughs> I got it. Um, yeah, go to my Patreon page, which is, you know, Best in Show Comic, and go ahead and donate and support and keep me in comics and keep you in comics. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for joining us and coming down and drinking some beer. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, wait, let me... Hey, Phil, you want to come drink beer? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It got me out of painting my house. That's for sure. There you well, go. That, yeah, that, that was the goal. We planned it that way, so oh. you could... All right, guys. Well, uh, that was Phil Giuliano. Make sure you go check him out and read all of his awesome stuff. And uh, check out Alpha X when that comes out, which is very soon. And you can see him uh, either at Wizard World or at the uh, Spring Con. When is uh, Wizard World? Isn't that this weekend? It's uh, next weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend. The first, okay. second, third. Okay. Yep. And then uh, Spring Con is later in the month, right? It's two weeks later. It's yeah. 13th, 14th. Uh, just just it, it, Google around for yeah, it. You'll find it. It's two weeks after Spring Con. Yeah. All right. Uh, and if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash Studios or click on the Become a Patron link at the bottom of our homepage of BlindNewsStudios.com. Or if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head on over to BlindNewsStudios.com, click on our Amazon affiliate link at the bottom of the page, do your regular Amazon shopping, and we get a bit of a cut from Amazon. So everybody wins. 
Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios, and you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week.